0: Welcome to the Biocharisma Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Gardner. Today we have Dr. Jennifer Daniels of VitalityCycles.com. We dive into the shenanigans of the crown. And I wanted to ask her, because she's the most practical doctor I know, what does contagion mean? What is contagious? What are the reasons why we get sick? And... Uh, a big part of that, you'll come to find out, is hint, hint, nothing to do with anything physical. <laughs> so um, enjoy the podcast. She's wonderful. You'll see that a lot of her, uh, the ingredients that go into her vital- vitality capsules are very much in alignment with Ayurvedic medicine, if that's your type of thing. I love that stuff. Whenever I get enough ginger and turmeric into my body with some structured water, I always do better. So check out her website. She also has a home course that uh, will get you right. I think the course, I don't even know how much it is, but it's one of these things where you could take the course and then like ditch your your insurance. And after the podcast, you'll see why getting rid of the insurance is probably a good thing. So Enjoy the podcast, and I'll see you on the flip side. I'm here with the illustrious Dr. Daniels of Vitality Capsules. It's still, no, it's Vitality Cycles now, correct?
1: Yes, it's Vitality Cycles. Thank you.
0: Yes. <laughs> I love Dr. Daniels. Uh, you've been a wonderful source of just the most grounded, least fear-mongering, Medical and health information I, is on the internet. You you are by far the best. Would you, mind, uh, oh, would you mind giving a little brief history of your your medical accolades to 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 build some credibility to my audience?
1: A little bit of credibility. We can't overdo it because it might destroy my credibility.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: So I graduated from high school in 1975 went to Harvard University, graduated with honors uh, in 1979, was accepted to at least 11 medical schools, ended up going to University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine. At the same time, I also went to Wharton Business School, graduated from both. Mm. And then I went on to do a one-year, it's called a rotating residency, where you just kind of sample every single specialty. And from there, I went to Hayward, Wisconsin, mm. home of the great Muskie. in case you didn't know. And there I was the medical director, as well as the physician of a the, the clinic on the Indian reservation. I did that for 18 months. And then I uh, moved to another reservation in North Dakota because I uh, became pregnant with my first child and figured, well, I didn't want to be the only doctor. And I wanted to share a call and it would, I I thought it would just be easier. So I did that, and then after that, I went back to Syracuse, New York, where I grew up, I did two more years to complete my family practice residency, became board certified, purchased a city block in the middle of the ghetto, built my medical office there, and started medical practice, and I stayed in medical practice for 10 years.
2: Hmm. Uh,
1: About the nine year, 10 year mark, uh, well, during the process of my medical practice, I realized to absolutely nothing I was taught in medical school was improving my patients.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I found that the deaths in my practice occurred exclusively from patients who were totally cooperative, fully medicated, They had been to see at least one specialist. Mm-hmm. So my uncooperative patients who didn't take their drugs, who didn't follow advice, did just fine. Mm-hmm. And so that ha- I noticed that pattern about my second year of medical practice. So from that point on, I gave everyone a choice and told them, look, you don't have to follow the standard of care. I'm just telling you what it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's why I went to medical school. It's it's with. But I will also tell you, people who don't follow this tend to do really, really well. And so I gave everyone a choice of following the standard of care, uh, making some lifestyle changes, doing absolutely nothing um, or doing you know, some natural stuff. And the death rate in my practice went uh, from one to two people a year to zero. Zero. So zero deaths. Mm
0: -hmm. That
1: was very impressive. And so the only way to die was to take medications, basically.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, one thing led to another. And it turns out your doctor is being profiled. All the prescriptions that you fill are recorded as to what doctor wrote them. And so the amount of each drug the doctor prescribes each month is shared with the drug companies Mm -hmm. and with whoever wants else wants the information by the way and so my prescribing a volume went from here to just about zero Mm -hmm. and so i started receiving a series of menacing phone calls from uh well the drug reps came and visited to menace me Mm -hmm. (laughs) the hospital at least had decency to call uh the drug companies Uh, not drug companies, but the insurance companies uh, called to menace me because they were not able to sell policies because I didn't accept insurance. And people were saying, well, if you're not going to pay Dr. Daniels in full, then not only am I not going to buy your policy, but I'm not going to allow any of my 30 um, franchises to buy or carry your insurance. And literally people called me up saying they could not make money because I would not sign up for these insurances. Now, the insurances have a clause that says they don't have to pay you for a year. I said, well, I'm not yet flush enough where I can go a full year without payment. So mm-hmm. when that happens, I'll reconsider these policies. So uh, I was in an uncomfortable position of being, you know, basically threatened and made to feel uncomfortable by uh, many people. So at that point, uh, the medical license board stepped in and said, hey, we're investigating you. I said, for what? They said, we don't have to tell you. And it's just one thing led to another. And um, I did not have a license.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, then I, I was put on a few lists that made it really just difficult for me to even move freely in the United States. So basically, what everyone is experienced with the COVID shutdown, I personally experienced at that moment in time mm-hmm. in 2000. This was even before 9 11, by the way. So I decided, well, if I'm not welcome in my own country, I might as well just leave. <laughs> Right. So I left and I said, well, wait a minute. I still have a problem here, which is I have no income. Uh, so when all this started, I had a net worth of about $760,000. Sounds like a lot of money to the average person. But at the end of the nine-year process, I had 270000 mm-hmm. net worth. And so I was like, wow, I, I, I've got to dig out of this pit. And I just couldn't dig out of it uh, with uh-huh. the restrictions I was under in the United States. And so I left the United States and I discovered what everyone else discovered uh, in 2021, which is uh, remote working, remote communications. And so I started uh, VitalityCapsules.com, which has become Vitality Cycles.
0: Wonderful. And I've, I've gleaned so much information of you, like where I lived in Costa Rica, you knew our internet was horrible. So I, right. think, I think I listened to every single one of your RBN interviews back in the day. Ah, yes. Because <laughs> it, you know, it had such a low, you know, download rate. It was so low quality, but I could still download it. So I was like, this woman's brilliant. And uh, I first, uh, I think it was nine years ago, I tried the turpentine, which was like, mm-hmm. you know, I've I got your candida cleanse uh, information. And I did that probably about 10 years prior to that, I did a candida cleanse. And I loved your information, because you're just like, the candida really isn't the problem. The candida is right. actually, the candida is signaling something else that's going on in your body. And right. um, that's what I love about your whole, essentially, as you were learning all of these different things, you were essentially teaching all of us out there in, in radio land, everything that right. was going on. And your approach with nutrition has been wonderful, like a lot of the herbs that I was growing in Costa Rica were herbs I think that you actually have in your in your capsules so. Right. This, this must have been an incredible vindication for you in a very weird way when. Um, they rolled out COVID, when they ro- rolled out the corona what was it, what was it like in Panama because, for me, it changed everything in Costa Rica.
1: Uh, it wasn't really bad because uh, in Panama, most of the laws are kind of in name only. Mm-hmm. And so they just put something out there and hope that you obey Obey and yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was more of a psychological thing, right? So whenever you hear a law or a rule, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to obey. If I don't obey, oh, what happened? Oh, oh, oh. And so I really had to calm myself down and say, hey, wait a minute. And so what I did was I, first, they restricted the hours you could go out, right? You can only leave your house for two hours a day. And the restrictions were two hours a day based on your age, uh, the last digit in your uh, Panama ID, the last digit in your um, passport. Mm -hmm. So I had basically two, four, six hours a day that I could be out. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And if anybody stopped me, I could decide which hour it was and which ID to show them. Nice, so literally i uh didn't have any restrictions right <laughs> I was i mean i w- didn't usually spend six hours a day outside walking the streets anyway
2: mm-hmm.
1: so I got over that that way. then there was the mask situation that mm-hmm. was really difficult, but the way I did that was I got up early in the morning and just went for a twenty five minute walk without a mask in my neighborhood mm-hmm. and Everyone was shocked that anyone was even walking, and so no one noticed I wasn't wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> like, look at that, lady. Oh my God, she's so healthy, she's so athletic. She's going for a walk. I should go for a walk, but I'm not doing it. Oh, thank God, she's doing it for both of us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so that those two things really uh, pulled me through the whole thing.
0: You could had you could had a wonderful smuggler business. You know, you had all these hours that you could be out. You could have been moving. You could have been moving product for people, no problem because you had no restrictions
1: well i didn't i don't drive I don't have a car so that i didn't have any i didn't have that mobility and I didn't have um so and i the carrying stuff right so that's the that's limitations car, carrying
0: stuff yeah it, it was so, bad, it was a bad joke
1: <laughs> oh oh sorry <laughs>
0: Well, wonderful. So the last we were speaking, you were really, you're kicking ass and taking names about the medical paradigm as a whole. Right. As of the last three years, it's been incredible to see how many other doctors are now kind of entering your camp, actually looking at the whole model of biology as a whole with the way it was taught in medical school. And even the wow. lower, the lower levels. And so I wanted to talk to you about what your idea of contagion actually is. I've had a couple other doctors on where we we actually talked about, we have the people that believe in terrain theory, we have people that believe in, you know, uh, the, different contagions, like there's all this stuff out there. And I'm kind of in the camp that it's, you know, there's an energetic thing, there's a consciousness thing, there's a wanting to be a victim thing. Um, There's all these different aspects that, you know, create the Venn diagram of our experience. And I wanted to know where you're at when it actually comes to like, are there viruses? Are there actual things that you know transmit from one person to another? Um, is it a consciousness thing? Like, I just want to hear the full Monty from you.
1: All right. So I think in order to really get at this, we have to take the sound of music approach to begin at the very beginning, which is a very good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> so the question is, why are we even talking about this? Well, we're talking about this because there's something um, that's uh, labeled COVID that we've been told is transferred person to person and it's fatal. So that's what's pushing all of this discussion. Mm -hmm. And people are trying to understand how to decide what's best for them. Right. Should they wear a mask? Should they social distance? Should they vaccinate? Should they, you know, how should they respond to this situation? Mm -hmm. And so in order to understand that, we've got to first go back to what is the situation. And once we define the situation, I think everything becomes like super, super simple. And then each person, I'm not telling them whether they should do this or should do that, but at least they can decide for themselves. So first thing is what does it mean to be contagious? The medical industrial complex has a definition of contagious. It's a very strict black and white definition. There's no gray areas here. So definition of contagious is something is contagious if it has an R value greater than two. So what's an R-value? Yeah, what's that? I so think R-value was, was, was discussed at the very beginning of the pandemic, and then all of a sudden you didn't hear anything more about it. So an R-value is the number of people an infected person infects before they be, no, become no longer infectious. So from the time that, let's just look at COVID, from the time that I or anyone has a positive COVID test, the time they get a negative COVID test They must infect at least two other people. Mm -hmm. That's the rule. If that does not happen, then the disease is not said to be contagious.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. That's it. This is black, it's like a serious black and white, right? Mm -hmm. There's no discussion. Now, so the question then becomes: how do we know someone has COVID? Answer, they have a positive COVID test. Okay. So I'm just trying to lay the foundation some po- just basic facts that I am personally not going to dispute, all right? Mm-hmm. So a positive COVID test means you've got COVID, all right? Whatever that is, you've got it. Um, it's only contagious if it meets the criteria of each person between the time they have a positive test and the time they have a negative test must infect at least two other people. So those are the criteria. Now, the consequences of this definition it has mathematical consequences. So whenever you have a graph and uh, you're graphing a number of people infected, so if that, as long as that graph is going up, the R value is two or greater. Once it levels off, like horizontal, the R value is one, which means every time someone gets infected, recovers and becomes no longer infected, another, they've infected one person and that person enters a pool of infected and that keeps the graph horizontal. Now, when the graph declines, it means whatever is going on, the infectious process, is no longer infectious. It means whatever's happening is not an infectious process. Mm-hmm. All right. So the first question we have to ask about uh, COVID is, is it infectious? The answer is an absolute no. How do we know this? Well, you can just look at the graph of number of people infected from the beginning of this situation. And you'll see the graph goes up and it goes down
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it goes up and it goes down. That's not an infectious mathematical uh, picture. So just that alone lets you know we are not dealing with anything infectious. So what are we dealing with? Right. So then mathematically looking at the graph, it parallels what you would see if you drop the bomb or a grenade. So if you drop a bomb people are infected, infected or affected, and then you don't have a second bomb. And then the number affected goes down. Mm -hmm. So the mathematical graph that we are looking at for the situation tells us immediately off the bat, whatever's going on, no person to person spread. Now, just in case you need more like, I don't know, data points. So we have one person in, In China, they did this experiment. They got this person, documented, positive, positive result, test. And so obviously, they had COVID. This person came into contact with no fewer than 400 people. 400 people. Not one of them got infected.
0: So they're not contagious.
1: Correct. So whatever whatever the COVID is, it's not contagious. Mm -hmm. So we know that. That's a fact. Like F-A-C-T, based on the medical industrial complex's definition of contagious, our value more than two and also based on short-term studies that have been done. Other data, I think that maybe the listeners might might help them understand this, is if you have a positive COVID test and you are in a nursing home in New York, the death rate is 98%. If you have a positive COVID test and you are in a nursing home in Atlanta, Georgia, death rate 2%. (laughs) Now you're laughing, and why are you laughing? Because there's a reason why you're left, right? Yes. I'm, Clearly, I'm... the COVID is not the cause of death. No. So the death, whether or not you die of COVID, depends on your location. Are you in a, in a nursing home in New York State? Well, too bad for you. Or they've done other studies. I mean, the studies are just endless. It depends on your age. It depends on where you are. It depends on um, how many m- medications you're taking or how many other... Blah, 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 blah. So this... COVID does not have the power to independently kill anybody. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now, whoa, whoa, we've got two pieces of information. One, it's not contagious, but two, it's not deadly. Mm -hmm. Okay, that brings us to the terrain theory or the contagion theory. The answer is it's irrelevant. If what you're dealing with is not contagious or deadly, then the terrain theory or the infectious theory are just distractions, reasons to get clicks reasons to keep people from paying attention to maybe what's really going on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's that that particular uh, theory. There is something else, oh, lab leak theory, same thing. Maybe there is a virus, maybe it's genetically modified, maybe it's been enhanced some way, but we can see by the mathematics, it's not deadly and it's not contagious.
0: Right so so i experienced a fever during this time and because i was traveling between the united states and costa rica i was being tested all the time so let's take out all the stressors of modern day travel let's just say i got sick and i had i had a beautiful experience with it like i had i was tested positive for covid i had a three-day fever i hallucinated i had incredible hallucinations it felt like my heart opened up my breathing did change it was weird it was like it was a different type of fever but i wouldn't say it was any more intense from fevers i had had in 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 the past but there was like a it was a different experience but you could say a sensitive enough person is going to say every experience is different than the other like you can never.
1: You're old. You're older. I can see all these right. gray
0: hairs you have. Right? Things have changed. Right. <laughs> yes. That's right. I, 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 I think did, you need your, uh, your hair darkening formula.
1: Um, oh, I have advanced that, so I've got something even even better. But that's another story. <laughs> so the point is, what's really so? What's really happening here? And I noticed this in medical school. So while I was in medical school, uh, they had a reunion from the class that was. I think 30 years ahead of us. Mm-hmm. They all came back. So now they're 60 and 70 years old and they're on canes. And so I volunteered to, you know, escort them around and give them tours, whatever. And so I got to talk to these guys and oh, they were so excited about all the advancements in medicine. They told me what a brilliant person I must be. You know, they're so happy the future's in my hands and- so at the same time though, I pressed them for, well, what diseases were you confronting when you were in practice that of course were cured? I said, oh well, there was the dropsy. Oh my God, if you got the dropsy, well, that was just terrible. I said, the dropsy, what was that? And so we managed to pull out of them the dropsy is when both feet swell and you and you can't really breathe and you just kind of load up with fluid. So of course they took the dropsy, they didn't cure it. They renamed it congestive heart failure and kidney failure. So, of course, now there's no dropsy. It's all gone. It's been renamed. (laughs) And so literally my four years of medical school was a a very deep dive into the renaming process. Yes. And so what we have going on with COVID is a continuation of that renaming process. So now what's happening is whoever launched the situation has gotten whatever they want to get out of it. and They're trying to shut it down. So now what are they doing? Now they're saying, well, you can die with COVID, not others covid you can have a covid test but stop the cause of death so now they're they're all of a sudden you know changing the renaming rules so now they're renaming covid to be a chronic disease that lasts forever and they're calling it long covid so what used to be chronic fatigue is now being called long covid so once you understand that it's the rename game that you're playing it's become super simple to see right through the whole thing right yeah maybe you had dengue maybe you had dengue Maybe you had a uh, you know, mild case of malaria. So mm-hmm. all I'm saying is, again, or yellow fever. So again, it's the rename game, the rename game. And if you understand that what's going on here is the rename game, and that's the same old illnesses that have been going around at least for the past 100 years, and they're just simply renaming it to give the appearance that the medical industrial complex has effective remedies, number one. And number two, that you should follow whatever rules they tell you to follow.
0: Yeah, it's a form of disaster capitalism. So like I, I noticed I noticed in, in Florida growing up, you know, the economy always had a boost when a hurricane would come through because <laughs> you had to rebuild everything. The same thing happened in New Orleans in, with Katrina in 2004. They had to rebuild it. So here you have, you're very savvy when it comes to finances, so in 2019, when the when there's this huge uh, event 201, um, I guess you could call it simulation right after the banks, the all the central banking powers decide that they're going to go direct. Isn't it kind of funny that then we have this thing called Corona that occurs and pretty much shuts down the world's economy for two years. And then you right. have the, then you have the greatest transfer of wealth Ever the biggest heist, you know the world's GDP decreased by forty percent. So I, I I always like to follow the numbers, and I know you're a numbers person. So I'm I'm right there with you. They just rebranded some things to use it to their advantage, and right. then shut, shut everything down, and then was able to push all the money to the corporate interests that were in their favor. Yeah, that's massive in uh, again,
1: if they can keep people arguing over terrain or infection, arguing about was it the Wuhan lab or not? Or did the United States fund gain of function research? Of course they did. But is it relevant? No.
0: Well, let's let's get out of the, the COVID bandwagon and like actually talk about actual sickness, the actual if there is something known as virus.
1: The answer right. is no. The answer Perfect. is no. no. Perfect. So the only way to see a virus is on electron microscopy.
2: Right. All
1: right. Thank God I went to Harvard. Why was that a good thing? It's a good thing because they had their own electron microscope. Mm-hmm. And I got to use it. So part of me being a student getting to use the electron microscopes, I had to prepare my own specimens. Mm-hmm. and it takes seven to 21 days to prepare a specimen for electron microscopy. What? Oh, oh, oh. tell the public like that. Tell the public like that. You can not send some, something for electron microscopy Monday morning and get a readout Monday evening. <laughs> do you tell? That what you alone to do? blows a huge, like, hole in a whole lot of stuff, right? Because they're giving you this electron microscopic data, data can only be known by electron microscopy with a turnaround of hours, right? Nope. So you know they're live? Yeah, they're live. Yeah. But let's just say, let's even give them that. I have a vibrational panel here that's making noise. So let's let's so you so now so I'm reading all this this stuff. What? Like, no, prepared specimens for electron microscopy. The turnaround time just for preparing the specimen is seven to twenty-one days. And I like, what that has that changed? No, nope.
2: no, nope. hmm.
1: it's the same as it was in 1970 something. It takes about 14 days really.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, but then let's take a look at the elect- what's under the electron microscope. It is not in technicolor. The structures are not labeled in color. It's all gray.
0: <laughs> Excuse me.
1: It is all gray.
0: 50 shades? <laughs> no,
1: not that <any. laughs> It's all great. The other, so any electron mic- microscopy pictures you're getting that are in color are CGI, mm-hmm. computer generated images. Right. And where they decide this gray stops and that one starts is totally arbitrary. It can be anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Even worse. So, what happens in those 14 days that you're prepare- preparing your specimen? you're totally destroying it you're dousing with this chemical dousing with that chemical rinsing this rinsing that even i at the end of the two week period said and how do i know my specimen i started with is anywhere there you don't and nothing's changed that has not changed
0: so this is amazing I, i i've heard this from other other scientists and doctors and you're just confirming it what i i'm a I'm a meta person. Like, I want to know what's actually happening. So, let's say somebody has herpes, right? And the no, deputy... no, they no,
1: let me give you a bigger mega, bigger mega. So you're okay. you're you're hovering at the treetop level. I think we got to go. Maybe, we will. Uh, we
0: will. Yes, we will. Thirty we...
1: mile high. Just, let's go. Let's go right there. Let's go right there.
0: All right, let's do what's it.
1: What's really happening is our economy is going through an economic collapse that cannot be avoided. Exactly. No, really, it cannot be avoided. I mean, the banks can't even avoid it if they, they want to. They won't. They, well, no, even if they wanted to, they can't they can't they can't avoid the collapse. Right. And so they need to, in order to retain the power of the politicians, da, 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 they've got to blame the collapse on something. Mm-hmm. And so, like, okay, fine, let's blame it on a virus. We'll create this story, get everyone to believe it. And so what people need to understand is it's a story that was created that has no substance.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's not only no virus, there's no uh health process going on, there's, yeah. This is a total story. Um, kind of like the king in his clothing ne- that he never had.
2: Mm-hmm. The
1: question is, the collapse is real though. The collapse is real. What caused this collapse? Now, I would like to say, I've been called a lot of names, so anybody wants to call me those names, they can call me those names. But I'm just gonna put it out there, believe it or not, whatever. But what really happened let's talk about when things were going great, the 50s. The 50s. Mm-hmm. So in the 50s, what happened in the 50s was every woman had six kids, more or less, five six kids. My mother was one of them. And in the 70s, something else happened. Abortion came online.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, before abortion came along, my mother had six kids. Mom oh, did not want six kids. She certainly wanted to abort the two twins. Mm-hmm. The next two, okay, fine but we wouldn't have had to have the next two if we could abort the two twins because she aborted the twins, she wouldn't have had to marry dad and then she wouldn't have had the next two. And then even though she married dad, she wanted to abort the last two because she wanted to be really a stay-at-home mom if she had to be a mom and dad promised her she wouldn't have to work, but she had the kids and she still had the work. And so really mom wanted to abort all six, but she didn't. Abortion wasn't legal. So here we are, here I am, I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm.
2: 75,
1: birth control and we have abortion. Oh wait, 65. So 1965, the government says, whoa, this is fantastic. These ladies have had all these kids. We're gonna have a social security program where we're gonna tax their kids to pay for their retirement.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that was the deal. That was that was the social security deal. Was women would have these kids, the government would tax them and pay for that woman's retirement.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Women did not keep their bargain. They aborted all their kids from 1975, basically till the present. So now what you have, instead of having my mother, who had six kids, who then had a bunch of grandkids, and between all of us, we've taken care of mom. Now, mom's had plenty, got plenty of money, don't get me wrong. But made phone calls, visitations, delivered meals. When she got the nursing home, we brought her food to feed her, and we realized they were not giving her the food, they weren't even giving her water. We then had a bunch of, well, she went into a coma, thank God. They sent her to the hospital, but she had enough family members that she had given birth to, had given birth to other people and married other people, that we were able to get her out of the hospital and home and get enough home cookers to give her plenty of of, uh, food and water, gave her no drugs. And two years later, at 91, she's still alive. Mm -hmm. So it really saved mom was that she was not able to get an abortion. Mm -hmm. And her social security check payouts are because she married the guy that she didn't want to marry. So she has his social security, her social security, and she has a kid that she wanted to abort who lives with her and gives her 24-7 care and pays her $600 a month in rent. (laughs) I'm just trying to explain this to you, that if she had had access to abortion like she wanted to, she would have been out of luck and totally not looked after. Now, what the government did was it did tax her kids to take care of her social security, but it taxed them heavily for everything else. Fast forward to 1975. Everyone who was a teenager in 1975, that'd be me, controlled their birth. So I only had three kids. I didn't have any abortions, but I only had three kids. I wanted to have six, but it just didn't happen. I should say, honestly, I was ignorant. I didn't understand what foods to eat to get fertile. But that's another matter. The point is, people in 1975 forward did not have enough babies for the government to tax for social security. Mm -hmm. The next thing that that went even further wrong was these unborn people. There's not enough people growing food, creating stuff, building homes, whatever, to sustain any non-working member of the population.
0: That makes sense.
1: And so what's happening then, Is as the percent of people who can be taxed, who are earning money, shrinks, there's no tax base. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so what the government needs to do is exterminate all the people who are basically not paying taxes, and even worse, receiving tax revenue. So if you're a person over 65, it works like this. You get Social Security, which is your bait, then you get Medicare to kill you.
2: That's Mm -hmm.
1: as complicated as it is. So that's really what's going on now. And so now what's going on, other countries like Canada has a problem. and So Canada's just coming out with it. Hey, euthanasia for everyone over a certain age. Let's talk about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In America, uh, politically, it's not okay to talk, like have open conversations. So rather than do that, what you have is you have uh, an event, call it COVID. And of course, as you can see, in New York State, they did, they took advantage of the opportunity and killed 98% of those people. And in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, they were just out to lunch, not paying attention. So they just didn't hit the kill switch to start starving and depriving people of water. Mm-hmm. That's really what's going on here. And so
0: it makes a lot of sense because in history, other than mosquitoes, democide, which is the murder by government, is the largest killer.
1: So that's really what's that that is what's going on here. And so, as an individual, then you've got a few choices here. One is 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 to get to work and become a taxpayer, for God's sake. That's number one. Number two, don't accept any government funds, because yeah. either uh, not uh, working and paying taxes or accepting government funds targets you for extermination. Yes. And that's it. It's everything else is just kind of fluff and you know window dressing. But that's basically
0: what's going on yeah my wife and i we've been learning law and learning the whole the difference don't worry they're
1: not going to pay attention to the law don't
0: worry oh i (laughs) no i'm actually learning it for my own edification in the sense of Mm -hmm. the difference between the public realm and the private realm right you're actually partaking of the government you're voting and you're giving them your consent all the time they see you as a service as somebody that's activating, uh, the service orientation, the reciprocal, uh, relationship. You're
1: activating a slave master relationship.
0: Precisely. Precisely.
1: Yeah. And it's a slave master relationship. Make no mistake about it. And you are not the master. You are the slave, right? Not only a slave, but you are the cash crop is really what you are. You're mm-hmm. the cash crop. And so once you activate that relationship of accepting money from the government, then you give them basically permission to decide how long you live and when and how you die
0: okay so let's you and i are on the same page with that i'm in 100 percent agreement with you let's talk about other disease (laughs) i really want to get to the to the heart of because you already said that you weren't able to see any specimen you you know from your training in harvard how they actually how they prepare specimens whatever i did it myself i know
1: 17 hours. I got up at 2 a.m. and trudged up to the electron microscope and just did the next What hold that the back. Yeah. So, no, no, I did
0: not Let me ask it plainly. What is actually happening when you have someone that is sick, let's just say disease. We don't know what it is, but their, let's just call it their, their, their biorhythms, their, their health is. Whatever
1: happens, things not going right. They don't, they don't, the body's not acting the way they want it
0: to act. They're right. Not, you know, and they come, a, they, come in contact with another person, and then that person ends up having the same symptoms. Is there, what what is actually happening in that that relationship?
1: Okay, so what's happening is that relationship is a myth. It's a myth. It's your perception. So let's say you have two kids who are going to school, and they're from different households, and they go to school the same class. The teacher is feeding the homogenized pasteurized milk to all the kids in her class because they're all going to get sick.
2: Mm-hmm. And then it's
1: going to be attributed to an infection-type orientation. Right. That's one model of what happens.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that's very clear. The next thing is they did a very, very good study on the infection of measles in a Jewish uh, community in New York. And the thing about the Jewish community is it's closed, right? Closed. So their schooling is their schooling and they have their homes, they don't mix with other people. These are like devout Jews. So because of this not mixing, it was very easy to study transmission. And what they found was that one kid would use the bathroom, all the kids using the bathroom after him would have an issue, not all, but many. And then he would touch the doorknob to enter the classroom. And anyone who entered that classroom using that, the doorknob Basically, got sick. And so it's like the, they told you, really, it's toilets and doorknobs. <laughs> yeah. And so, what happened is the body dumps the organism, whatever is so called infectious, in the poop. The mm-hmm. person has, let's just say, poor bathroom habits. Maybe they wash their hands, but not very well. They grab the doorknob and they leave mm-hmm. on the doorknob some in- infectious particles. Right. And then the next person using a door and so on. So, what they found is people who entered that, that room uh, were more likely to be infected. But once you're in the room, being close to an infected person didn't matter. Right. So, even within a classroom, they have like a certain number of people in a classroom, maybe like 15 or 20, I don't know. And the kids work in pods of five. They could not detect any transmission among those pods. So, mm-hmm. in other words, if you were in a pod with someone who was infected, you would not have any increased likelihood of being infected, even though they were close together, sitting around a table, you know, working, whatever, doing projects. But if you had used the bathroom, let's case, let's say it was a boys' room, then you had a higher infection rate. Or it was a girls' room, high, higher infection rate.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: they, they, so all this information is known. So let's talk about vaccines. This, okay, what the hell, right? So they know and have known for some kind that vaccines don't work. Even our favorite tetanus shot, totally irrelevant. And the government itself came out with a statement, and this is a while ago, twenty more than 20 years ago. They said, we believe that the decline we've seen in infectious diseases is not, through, it's not due to any vaccination, but due to the fact that people are no longer coming in contact with these organisms. Many of the organisms that we're being vaccinated against are organisms that are farm organisms that come from cows and cow manure. An uh, excellent example is... Um, you know, tuberculosis comes from cows, um, tetanus comes from cows, so um, clostridium, all these things come, come from cows. And so people are no longer engaged in farming. And even if they are engaged in farming, the methods of farming are far more mechanized and hygienic, so you're not going to catch these diseases from um, the cows. The
2: animals.
1: Mm-hmm. So The reason people are not getting these infectious diseases is because of the movement to the cities, number one. And number two, the indoor flush toilets because the outdoor toilets, remember, were shared with hundreds of people. The whole neighborhood used that outdoor toilet. Once the toilets became indoor, just that family used that toilet. And now where we are in modern times, the average family has more toilets than they have family members.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. So that's what has really stopped the spread of disease. And the disease was never person to person spread. It was always feces uh, or fomites. Feces, What's a fomite? A fomite is an inanimate object like the doorknob, where the infectious agent is deposited there by one person, picked up by another person who uses that same object.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: For example, in the 70s and 80s, telephones were just notorious. So if I pick up a phone and use a phone, pay phone, right, hang mm-hmm. it up, the other person comes along, puts up the same phone, uses the phone, then they've touched the same thing I've touched. And this is why people using um, wipes or something to wipe off, say, a telephone or a doorknob before they use it, that can pre- prevent or help prevent uh, spread of disease. But the biggest thing has been, Sharing a toilet with fewer than 100 people, fewer than five people, and now everyone has pretty much their own private toilet.
0: That's so simple. It's, I know. <laughs> it's kind of funny because today I was, I'm, I'm designing this, this third phase of a building project I'm doing. and I was ordering all the separate septic systems and toilets. So this is, this is like right up my alley to hear this.
1: Exactly. And so you know how much a toilet costs. They're not that expensive
0: no no no, no. no. And it, they're actually doing septic systems is uh um, because we try and integrate a lot of our septic systems like the gray water and stuff like that into the landscaping so that right. the different foliage that we we plant around there also have the disinfecting and the the transduction of whatever uh yeah the natural benefits yeah this all is that kind of nice Back when we had spoken before, you had anchored something in my mind before before the whole COVID and before we had our child and all this was this whole notion of never get punctured. Correct. It was such this simple, like, I mean, it made so much sense to me then, and especially with all the shenanigans (laughs) that have gone on. Could you explain to people the notion, like, because people have, we've also been taught that we have something called an immune system that reacts with white blood cells going around shooting things, and like, if you if you receive the antigen, your body just doesn't... stop
1: it, just stop it, yeah, just stop it. Let, let... All that is just made up, made up, made up. Again, it's made up, a made up story, just like right. the whole cult, a made up story to control you. So what you need to understand about puncture is your body can defend against pretty much anything and everything except when something is is a break in the skin. So something, if if your skin breaks and something's inserted in that broken skin, your body literally has no defense against it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So that's one reason not to accept the puncture. What's the other reason? The person puncturing you has absolutely no idea what's in that needle, none, none. Hmm. I mean, none. Yeah. The doctor who ordered the puncture or whatever the thing is, he has no idea what's in that vial. And I tell you this because I practice medicine and I literally, I went to medical school, right? Oh, this is the vial, you get out of this box, you suck this up and you inject it. And that's the way you do it. Okay, fine. fine, fine, Let me read the ingredients in the vial. It's Let me read the package insert. All 12 pages of it. I said, okay. Honestly, do I know what's in that bottle? The answer is no. I did not manufacture that bottle. I didn't even visit the manufacturing facility where it's made. The doctor has no clue what's in that bottle. Mm -hmm. And so here you are accepting. You might as well go down some alley, have someone slice you with a knife and rub something in the wound. And say, okay, great, thank you. Going home now. Mm -hmm. You don't know what they're up in the world
0: It's amazing. And it's because people pay so much money for these things, they they have a trust in it. Oh no, no.
1: The shots I understand are free. People aren't paying for the shots.
0: I'm not even just talking about the 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 COVID action. I'm talking about all the different shots that are out there.
1: Well, again, why do they believe? The belief is step by step, by step built, right? So, first, as a child, your parents are good parents. They take you to the doctor regularly for well-built, well, well-child visits. Why do you go for well-child visits? So you can get shots you become sick, and then you need the other visits. Okay, okay, fine. No argument there. But then you're conditioned to buy, to buy health insurance. So, here you are paying money, paying money, paying money, paying money, paying money. It doesn't take long for you to decide, I want to get my money's worth. I'm gonna go consume that because I've already paid for it. Mm-hmm. And that's where they've got you. That's like a bear trap. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not gonna get out of that. Never forget, I was a kid and uh, the whole family went to Toronto. We went to this restaurant and dad sat us all down, six kids, mom, him, ordered whatever we wanted. Everyone got whatever they wanted, it was wonderful. The grandma, I mean, my mother rather, at the end of the whole meal, or as it was ending, it was clear, dad noticed that you, it was not eating on her plate very well. She's kind of nibbling and picking at it. And he asked her, he said, well, well Lil, what's the matter? She says, well, you know, I really don't like this. It doesn't really taste, I, I, I don't know. He says, what? She says, well, you paid for it. He says, wait a minute. They already got my money. We're not going to let take your health, too. We're mm-hmm. out of here. So he told her, look, don't eat that stuff. Sure, mm-hmm. I paid for it. So all they got is our money. Don't consume it and give them your health, too. It's the same with healthcare. All right, so you got stuck for the health insurance premium. All right, you suckered in, they took your money, they got your money. Don't show up and give them your health.
0: So what is, so say, cause I work in construction, I build lots of homes. I come across the, I come across chemicals all the time. Let's just say like a simple varnish. That's right. a toxin. Right. Your body takes, takes on the toxin and it wants to get rid of it like the natural course of 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 health is the body has these detox pathways that occur right
1: right is- super simple water and poop just drink some water and poop a lot so the question is how does someone get sick And the answer is there aren't very many ways either someone hit you upside the head with the baseball bat that punched you it's called trauma right or you fell a long distance so those are trauma not enough water um not enough nutrition, whatever the nutrition is, mm-hmm. um, too much of an overwhelming exposure to, to toxins and poisons, and three, constipation. That's it. That's the whole story. There's no other illness cause. You have to modify those five levers. Mm-hmm. And the problem is modern medicine doesn't modify any of those levers. So it doesn't have the ability to improve your health. I and then, have, again, we don't need to get complicated.
0: I have at least... A dozen people that I know that suffer, that I'm friends with, that I'm family with, that have severe constipation problems. Other, right. other, other than dehydration, what causes constipation?
1: That's what I'm saying other than no oxygen in the air. What could possibly interfere? In the brain like <laughs> Just
0: give me, grant me one miracle.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. So. Uh, without water, your bowels can't move. They just cannot because water is the lubricant that makes things move. Right. So you could ask me if there is enough water, what could cause constipation? Yes. That would be a reasonable question, but oh wait, I'm going to dehydrate myself. Uh, What could be the cause aside from that of my constipation? The answer is, what are we talking about? You want me to lie to you or something? I don't know. But if you i mean i mean just just to make it totally crystal clear to you you can take a piece of blood doesn't have to be yours we can use pig blood any kind of blood will do and put it on a piece of paper and put that piece of paper in the sun where the water is removed
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you will soon see that that drop of blood will not be able to flow right. off that paper it will be constipated why because the water was removed and it's dried and crusty and that's what happens in people's bodies
2: mm-hmm.
1: literally yeah. the the poop, it becomes dried. I even have a medical term, inspissated. Yeah, inspissated. That means it becomes rock. I went to medical school. So it becomes so hardened and encrusted, literally like stone, and it it cannot leave the body.
0: Okay. Well, you know, I I, I was trying to find, because I can only say that to my friends so much. I can only say how much water have you you know, drank? Because I know most of the time it's a dehydration issue that people are dealing with. Um, but wait,
1: but wait, but wait. Even if you tell them to drink water, what are they going to do? They're going to drink tap water. Government no, tap water no, no, filled you, with what? Filled with uh, fluoride. No, that, that causes no, no, right?
2: no, Dr.
0: No.
1: D. That's what they're going to do when you tell them to drink water. That's what no, they're he- going to do. these are these
0: are people that i'm close to you know me i'm a water nerd so i got water purification systems i got vortexers i got incredible well cleaning systems i have spring water i i'm i'm dealing with some of the best water in the world i I, i'm so past the point of uh, i'll never so
1: when you tell them to drink water what are they going to drink
0: no, I'm talking about people that I've built for. I'm talking about oh, okay. that, Yeah. I'm 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 not I'm past the level of like, you know, talking to somebody and say just drink In some general water. public. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm I'm not at that point. What I'm trying to get to is I'm trying to find a middle ground because I understand when I'm unhealthy, when I'm puffy or whatever, it's because I haven't sweat enough. I haven't gotten and moved enough to get the d- detox pathways moving and whenever I do yeah. I feel awesome and it all yeah, everything's
2: fine yeah
0: yeah And I drink a ton of water I'm I'm exactly. a water baby so exactly. I, I know these to be true for myself I was just wondering because I send so many people to your work and they're like, all she says is drink water. <laughs> and I, I just wanted well, to. Well, you
1: got to start with that. Then you can move from that. But if you don't drink water, nothing works. Yes. And so you're wasting your time, you're wasting your money with any supplements or anything else you want to do. You can eat as organic as you want to. Um, if you're not drinking water, you're still going to drop dead early.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so people that have blood pressure issues in the sense that they have low blood pressure, what I have found is when they start drinking a lot of water, they 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 get like really woozy. They get like to a point where like...
1: And they're not eating enough salt with it. But the water is the first step. So now they need to add salt and now they need to add food and they'll be disappointed.
0: Okay, perfect. That's good to know. What is an immune... Do we have an immune system? And if we do have an immune system, what is it?
1: So here's a joke. <laughs> My husband told me this joke. So he's in Costa Rica, and um, it's hot, in Costa Rica. So he hands this this little boy asks for a drink, and the uh, guy gives him a drink, and the, the boy says, "Wow, the water, the water's cold." It said, and and the American person says, "Yes, this is a thermos. It keeps the hot hot, and it keeps the cold cold." And the boy tells us, me, but metha, but metha. how do it know? How do it know? So how does the thermos know to keep the hot, hot, and the cold, cold? So your immune system is the same way. It basically keeps what's inside, inside, and what's outside, outside. That's its job. That's all it does. We right. don't need to complicate it with white blood cells, this cell, that cell. We don't, no, no, no. It just keeps what's in, in, and what's out, out. And what's in it needs to go out, it gets it out. And what's out that needs to come in, hopefully you have the sense to go eat it. Mm-hmm. That's it, that's the whole bottle of wax. So when people try and say, oh, uh, my liver needs this, oh, my lungs need that, they're, they're totally missing the point. So the immune system is your body's ability to keep what's in, what's supposed to be in, in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what's supposed to be out, out. And even with, with the insides, it keeps the blood in the blood vessels, keeps the lymph in the lymph. So it keeps these things separate contain. It has to. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't, if these things start mixing, that's where you get things like swelling and this disease and that disease. And the other it's just that complicated. And so when people say, well, I need a stronger immune system, they're missing the point. What they're really saying is my body is not functioning to keep in what should be in and to get out what should be out. Mm-hmm. So well, if we, if we take it, if we, if we take that the immune system is separate from the rest of you then yeah, it's not a useful concept.
0: I get it. So I I had suffered from what they called a permeable gut. Like I, I did the whole GAPS diet where I ended up taking super doses of animal collagen. I would like make the bone broth soup for days and like get this hydrolyzed collagen. And it really helped me, it helped my gut heal in the sense that it was the first time in my adult life, where I felt like I could eat, I could eat whatever I was eating, and like from from the time it entered my mouth to the time it left my body, the whole process was smooth and easy. There was no dysregulation. Right, right. And, and you it, could
1: have just got some cow and boiled it up, eaten it, and bam, instant cure. But again, they have to sell you hydrolyzed protein, so there you have it.
0: Well, th- I I wasn't sold any. I was actually making this bone broth.
1: Well, I'm sorry, you, you didn't have to do that. You just had to eat the intestines of the animal and the same thing. Just so simple. It's so simple.
0: It's that simple. So yes. I have a client right now that has kidney problems. They're told that they have kidney problems. Would it be best for them just to eat kidney?
1: Probably. But the first thing is find out if they really have kidney problems. Right. Ask them what their lab test for.
0: Okay. What's
1: your feeling? What's your creatinine? What I found. I don't, I don't work with people anymore, but when I did, I said, okay, hey, what are your lab values? They tell me the lab values. They're perfectly healthy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are being gaslighted by the medical industrial complex, believe that they're sick when there's nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. If somebody has to tell you, you have a kidney problem, I'm telling you right now, you don't got no kidney problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's the best way in which a person can do a self-diagnostic with these types of things? Like let's say they're they're presenting a symptom of of some sort, and they're let's not. Let's say they think
1: it's their kidneys. All you need to do is piss in a cup, measure their kidney for a day. If the amount of water coming out is less than a quart, you probably got kidney problems. And even if it is less than a quart, the next step is to try and increase your water intake.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But you know this is just... so. I have a whole course called a home healer's course. It goes into all this detail: how to diagnose yourself, how to treat yourself without any drugs at all. Mm -hmm. and it's at VitalityCycles.com and literally just following this information, using it has saved me over Mm
2: $200,000
1: that's as of 2010 I've stopped counting since then it's given me the freedom, I can live anywhere I want in the world, I don't have to know I don't have to know, where's the nearest doctor where's the nearest hospital, where's the nearest Mm -hmm. emergency room, is the road in my house good enough for an ambulance, no none of those things do I have to consider Totally free.
0: Oh, that's wonderful.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I I know I'm going to take your course because I've been bugging you about it for a while. So
1: yeah, it really answers a lot of questions, and and it's just as complicated as I'm telling you. I mean, I, I don't I I make it simple so you don't need any kind of Harvard degree
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: to grasp it. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. I even tell you how to treat emergencies right there at home on the spot. Less time it takes the ambulance to get there. Easy beans.
0: Yeah, that's critical. That's absolutely critical. Now that I have a little one, my mind is always now, it's much more on security. I never, I never ever thought about anything like that before, but that's, that's now forefront. But even
1: worse, if you, once you get into the ambulance, your chances of dying go up compared mm-hmm. to going to the hospital in a car. So nothing of the emergency room, your chances of go, dying go up there too. I mean, each, each step is dangerous.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: people have been so indoctrinated with all this drama and these movies and sitcoms and whatever that oh all All it is is drama it doesn't help
0: hey there are heroes man they're they're the heroes now
1: gonna save you bury them, superman (laughs) yeah
0: i love the i love you had one you did one uh thing on rbn that was so funny because you were lambasting superheroes for all the damage that they were doing to, to public property. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're like, nobody ever talks about the, the building that Superman knocked down. Like, you were so pissed.
1: <laughs> yeah, Batman. I'm talking about historic property. He's the worst. <laughs>
0: it was really funny. So tell... Tell me, have you come across anything new that's just gotten you like jazz? Like you were you were Yeah,
1: my gray hair. See my gray hair? Sixty five, almost sixty-six, and it's starting to turn black again.
0: Well do tell. What what's it what are you doing?
1: Well first what happened was I was thinning on the top. So I said, oh well, hair thinning, sixty something, might as well just get it cut off. So I did, but at the same time, I took off um taekwondo and jujitsu. Nice. So taking up Taekwondo and Jitsu means an incredible strain on your tendons. Oh, yeah. Now, which one is that?
0: Uh, this is Muay Thai.
1: Muay Thai. Okay. So I need to start eating a lot of tendons, um, you know, in order to repair my tendons. So my ankles were weak and they were getting painful. And knees were weak. They were getting painful. And my hips were like, oh, wait, 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 wait. So literally, I started eating one cow tendon a day or two pig ears mm-hmm. to increase my collagen. And so I started doing that, after a few months, I noticed, oh, my God, my hair is thick again. So my hair was thick. At the same time, I noticed I was getting little twitches, nothing big as little twitches, but um, black squid ink I was taking for that. And also there was shilajit, which is black. And so I started eating these black things in great quantity, and my hair started growing in black. I'm like, oh, my God. It's just <laughs> like flamingos. It's a mango if you know, are pink, because they eat food that's pink. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. So if you want black hair, eat black food. So that would be uh shilagit, um Kologi, you know, black cumin seed, black sesame seed, mm-hmm. black squid ink. Yeah, that's it, just that simple.
0: Where does one it? get black squid ink?
1: You get it from your specialty uh store for six bucks for a month's worth.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's such a weird thing. <laughs>
1: it's a culinary um ingredient it's italian and the dose that cures whatever you need cured is about a teaspoon a day
0: Mm -hmm. what i have a you you'll probably know this um i've been told that i'm extremely deficient in vitamin c and the number one way they can tell is i get tartar really really quick on my teeth and so and then I've read all these other things, and I was like, I should ask Doctor Daniels about this because she'll dispel any. Well, how
1: much vitamin C are you taking?
0: I'd probably take only about a thousand milligrams a day.
1: Yeah, it's a spit in the ocean. So that's about the same as taking nothing. So the, um, so vitamin C has not been known to help anyone in doses under three thousand a day.
0: Oh, okay. The
1: problem is, they can't sell you a pill that's three thousand milligrams, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it would, you would choke on it. So what you have to do then is um, eat things that have vitamin C in it. So mm-hmm. vitamin C, believe it or not, it's in organ meats.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Vitamin C is um, in many fruits. Yes. And so just eat things with vitamin C or just buy vitamin C. Just simple ascorbic acid because all you need is vitamin C. You don't need the other stuff. You don't need the root and you don't need the, 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 the rose hips. No, you just need vitamin C.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's just three grams a day.
0: Okay. That's that's simple yeah. enough. Well, Doctor D, it's been so great to reconnect with you.
1: Yeah. You,
0: you get, get guess where I am right now?
1: I have no idea. Are you in Costa Rica?
0: No, no, no. Oh, you're
1: in uh, Missouri.
0: Yeah. So you see, yeah. Yeah, we bought a farm uh, on a lake in in the Ozarks. So it's. Oh,
1: nice! Lake of the gonna... Ozarks, very nice place. It's like being on vacation all the time i right here. Never been there. Best way here
0: it's really beautiful it's like dead center of the yeah. country the county we're in is like literally the most central most county in all of the united states
1: oh literally in the middle of nowhere as they say
0: pretty much <laughs> Te- yeah Texas i like living are... in the middle of nowhere yeah I-, I like that
1: now so are you building homes in the states or in costa rica where are you building
0: i'm building dome homes in both i uh oh, I, have okay. my, I have my company in costa rica and then i just started a company here okay yeah. Well good luck. Well thank you so much. It's You're been welcome. great it's been great to see you, Dr. Daniels. Where can everybody find you?
1: Vitalycycles.com. Yay.
0: Are you still doing a show? Ooh. No, you you gave all that up? So it's just us us people that like pull you out of the woodwork?
1: Every now and then, yeah.
0: Well, wonderful. Um I've been trying to connect you and Owen Benjamin. I know I know that he has he has some really good reach.
1: Well, he's got the same email. You give him the same email address that you use. That's what. <laughs> that's it.
0: <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, I'll, I'll try and set that up for you. Okay. It's been wonderful talking with you, Dr. Daniels. Have a have a great day.
1: Okay, my pleasure. Bye bye.
0: Bye. Hallelujah, Dr. Jennifer Daniels. She is awesome. Please go find her work out there. You know, she has her website that sells her her products. But look up other interviews of her. She, uh, in the past, switched me on to turpentine. At the time, I had tried probably six or seven different types of parasite cleanses. And uh, I did the turpentine as per her instructions. And it was miraculous. It was really wonderful for my body. Um, I think I'm going to come up on another turpentine cycle here and to kick off my little run of health going into the spring, spring season. The sun is shining today, so happy, happy. Um, We have a bunch of really cool podcasts coming up. I'm going to get into more biology and anatomy with uh, Sophia Smallstorm. Um, We're going to start talking about orgone and organite. Uh, We touched on it just a little bit with Dr. Moshe Daniel, but um, I'm going to have Lindsay Sharman of Rogue Ways on the podcast. And I'm going to be doing a live stream here once I figure out the whole setup where I'll be answering questions. You all have been so wonderful on Instagram and other uh, forums of contacting me and uh, supporting me. I really appreciate it. If you feel like supporting the podcast, uh, go ahead and go to toferhq.com slash donations. I think that, and uh, we, we, we take things on that. That'd be perfect. Um, yeah, so we're going to be moving forward. I'm going to start doing some more videos of, um, of me in action. We have a couple of projects that we're going to be starting here in Missouri and uh, my ongoing projects in Costa Rica. Are on full tilt, so it's uh, it's it's really good stuff that's going on now. I feel I feel like there is a concrescence of very conscious people that are all moving into the area. Um, Just overall, having that many people that are like-minded and uh, sharing a common vision, it acts like a nice, powerful antenna array it kind of just makes things a little bit easier, if you know what I mean. You're not fighting upstream. So wherever you are out there, I wish you the best. And I I hope that you're enjoying the podcast. And as soon as I find out when I will do the live stream, I'll let you guys know so I can field your questions in vivo. Have a wonderful day. Talk to you soon.